I'm H.D. Chambers, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Ailey Independent School District in the greater Houston area. I'd like to welcome those of you who are either listening or watching or both uh, to this week's podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, mental health, uh, mental wellness. Uh, there's several reasons we're going to be talking about that. Uh, but one of them is because this month is recognized as the Mental Health well, uh, Awareness Month. And uh, it goes without saying that it's not like the other 11 months of the year, <laughs> everything is fine, right? But but uh, for the uh, the month of May, we attempt to bring more attention to it so that more people just across all sectors of our society uh, are aware of it. And uh, I'm joined here by uh, three ladies that spend their entire waking professional day working with adults and with children, uh, both in and outside the school system, uh, who are dealing with, with serious challenges. And uh, those challenges sometimes have an impact on teaching children. Sometimes they have an impact on their personal lives. And God forbid, sometimes they have an impact on society. And, and that's what they're here to try to uh, to address and to, and to prevent as we work through our day-to-day lives uh, in Ailey FISD. We have talked about this before. We This is not the first time Impact Ed has talked about uh, mental health and mental wellness, uh, but it seems like every time that the topic comes up, the needs are more great, the challenges are more great, and more, there needs to be more and more, I guess, attention given to it. And I guess you guys would argue more and more support given okay. to that issue. So uh, I'm joined once again by Dr. Alva Baldwin. She runs the Ailey Independent School District Counseling Department. She's our Director of Counseling Services. And she's going to, once again, just reintroduce herself to our audience and then maybe share, uh, let our two guests in- introduce themselves as well. So Dr. Baldwin. Okay. Well, I want to say happy Mental Health Awareness Month again to everyone. Again, I'm the Director of Guidance and Counseling. And within that role, we have an umbrella that I would like to say that we have many things under our umbrella, one of them being mental health. And we're so excited to be able to say that we have a mental health team. There's a team of two <laughs> directly and then a supportive team where we are very excited because we do have some funding where we're able to get four additional mental health counselors for the 22-23 school year. So super excited about that. One of our guests today is one of our mental health uh, partners, Ms. Um, Destiny Fristo. She is our mental health liaison that works with all of our families. And I want to give her an opportunity to say good afternoon to everyone. Mm-hmm. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm so glad that you are here with us and and joining us for this really important conversation. Again, my name is Destiny Fristo. Um, I am the mental health liaison for the district. And really, um, my role is that I primarily provide individual and group counseling for students. I receive referrals from any campus in the district. And so, you know, we really look at those mental health needs. A lot of the referrals I get come from counselors, school counselors, and from our administrators. And so I have a very close relationship with the school counselors, especially, and just helping them to navigate the mental health challenges that we have seen this year. Another huge part of my role is that it's that liaison piece. And so what I do is I do the research. I try to find resources in the community and just make connections. And that way, you know, when there's a crisis or there's something going on, one of the biggest struggles that we've seen this year is just how families are not sure how to navigate these mental health challenges for students and also for themselves. And so I really help to do that legwork and get them to where they need to be and ensure that they have a contact person and can just reach out, you know, just starting with somebody. How long have you been doing this? 
So this is my third year in this position, right. but I was a teacher for five years in the oh. district. Yeah. So I've been in A-Leaf. This is my ninth year, I think. I started 2014. That's yeah. close enough. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I have made a lot of friends. Good. And I have... A lot of people that I have come to know and just really love here, and this is, I love A-Leaf, so, Good. so I'm do I. doing my <laughs> heart's work, so. Dr. Sorry. Richardson? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I am very happy to be here. Um, I've always said that although I don't work for A-Leaf, I always feel like a part of the A-Leaf yeah. family. Yes. Um, <laughs> my name is Damisha Richardson, and I'm the clinic therapist at Memorial Hermann um, Health Centers for School in A-Leaf. We started in A-Leaf in 2014. And I've been here since the inception of our program. I don't know if you all know this, but Texas has the largest number of uninsured children. And so our clinic is designed to service kids without insurance or who are underinsured. And so we service Hastings High School, the ninth grade centers, um, Taylor, Elsick, A-Leaf Middle School. And during the pandemic, siblings of those students in those schools have been able to access care. So expanding access to students who otherwise wouldn't have care has been one of the most rewarding things for our clinic here. So just making sure that the physical health and mental health of students are supported and intact so that they can spend more time in the classroom and families aren't having to take off from work or they are homesick for weeks at a time. Um, so um, our clinic is a great collaborator with the A-Leaf District. Um, I enjoy working with Ms. Fristo and Dr. Baldwin a bunch, and I'm just happy to be here. So happy Mental Health Awareness. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Where, just for, for people that are listening, could you maybe tell them where the, the clinic is, where it's located, and what, what you kind of see on a day-to-day -day basis? Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm curious. <laughs> so well, our clinic is, is housed in a temp temporary building right behind Hastings South Gym and then in front of Crossroads. And so I have the pleasure of being in the school. So I go to the schools. I'd rather be there than the clinic because students take their time coming to the clinic yeah. or they miss appointments. So I'm able to, you know, get them and see more students throughout the day. So typically for a day in the life of myself, I am, am housed at a school per day. So let's say Monday is my Hastings ninth grade center day. I go and I see students there all day long. And so what we're seeing and have been seeing in the past eight school years is that students are really struggling with a lot of stress, anxiety, uh, depression, of course. Um, and some things that we don't really think about is um, reunification of families. So families who, um, kids who are reuniting with moms or dads who've left them in their home country, that's been, in the past couple of years, been a, um, a topic that has come across quite a bit um, and just the difficulties of reuniting families and making sure that both the student and the families have access to support to figure out what that looks like. I primarily work with high school students, so I know Ms. Fristo is all around the district, <laughs> so she gets the little ones too. So I think developmentally when kids are a little older, we see different things happening um, in the high schools with them and just how they're coping. And the level of support from families seem to shift a little bit as the kids yeah. get older. So that's been a challenge is getting families on board as much as we see when the kids are smaller. And you mentioned the reuniting of children with their parents. And I, I guess it makes you, makes me think over the last two or three years, that's, it's a news story that's been politicized mm -hmm. by both sides. Mm -hmm. But it's a news story that sometimes after the news cycle on that issue breaks, school systems are left with 
dealing with the, well, how do you bring, because there, there really are children who are taken away from their parents, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or separated or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever causes it. Yeah. And so schools are now put in the position in many cases of having to, to bring them back together and mm-hmm. work through the social trauma or the emotional trauma of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that can be a huge challenge yeah. for the kids to, you know, for whatever reason, whether it was mom or dad left when I was a kid or two or three to come to America to work and they were going to come back for me, but it's 10 years later and now I'm here and really establishing that relationship and learning culturally what's different, but also building family bonds. That has been a struggle for a lot of students that have come later on in life mm-hmm. to reunite with families. And to that point, I know we work a lot with the parent center and the family liaisons to do that parenting piece because a lot of times they have feelings of shame and guilt mm-hmm. or whatever it may be in regards to that. And so we have to work with the parents also to let them know it's okay. We just have to move forward to a solution. So it's really a all hands on deck type of situation where we're supporting the parents and supporting the students, saying what type of counseling and social services. We get our social workers involved in that. So it's a process. A lot of times there may be language barriers still. And so we have to work with our interpreters. And so it's a a process that can be very timely and um, very in-depth, but it definitely is a needed process as we work through it. And it does affect the emotional and mental health of our students and Mm -hmm. our stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're listening to this and you're a parent, put yourselves in a situation where you you go somewhere and you you somehow get separated from your your kids Mm -hmm. for months, Mm -hmm. for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, if you just get the parents and the the children you're talking about, particularly you, Destiny, with you spend a lot of time working with the, yes. the younger children. Yeah. I don't know how you work through that with them. I never thought about it till you just you kind of put it that yeah. way. Well, and so I I do. I work with pre-K all the way through seniors in high school. And so, you know, one of the things that kind of goes along with that is, yes, the parents are separated from the child for different reasons. And then you have other family members that are raising these children. And so there's a lot of conflict that can come, especially like you're saying, when the parents are able to step back in and provide that care. And so Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, family conflict is mental health, Mm -hmm. right? And so there are so many things under that umbrella that myself and Dr. Richardson see as far as the obstacles that are there that we are having to overcome and work with these families. I think one of the biggest things that I have really tried to do is encourage communication, just healthy communication Mm -hmm. and just taking the time to listen. And so I just really feel like that can make such a huge difference, especially, you know, we're talking about mental health. Right. Yeah. And to Destiny's point, it's just, I think a lot of time the educational piece of letting them know any adjustment is difficult, even mm-hmm. a positive. You know, they do mm-hmm. the research. You can have someone that has a new job, a new baby, a new opportunity, and you mm-hmm. would think those are good type of adjustment, mm-hmm. but it's still a stressor. It's still a change. Right. So Absolutely. if you think about putting that under the lens of something that is not considered a positive change, just talking them through that this is going to be an adjustment, and part of it is normal. I think some people sometimes may not know how to qualify their feelings, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to let people know. You know, if I would have gone through what you're going through, this is a feeling that most of us would have. So a lot of times that education piece of letting them know any type of adjustment that we go through. And I know if you're looking at a clinical sense, there is a lot of adjustment disorders that our students get because and just think about now we have 
seniors that are graduating, that's a wonderful event. Mm -hmm. But a lot of anxiety comes with being away from mom for the first time, going to college, being Mm -hmm. on my own. Mm -hmm. And even some of our students that um, have been in A-Leave their entire lives, but they're going to a different campus, a different grade level. Mm -hmm. So just that education of that, any type of change we go through, any adjustment, that a lot of that comes with some anxiety and then talking people through that process. Mm -hmm. So it's Mental Health Awareness Month, right? Yeah. yeah. As professionals in this Arena, what do you hope this kind of a month, you know, this kind of attention gives? What do you hope you, to get out of that? I mean, what do you hope the general population, the public sees? Well, I think, you know, it's just exactly what this pen says, like no stigma. We want to make sure that we're able to destigmatize a lot of that. People carry a lot of shame around. Is something mm-hmm. wrong with me? Am I crazy? I hear that so many times from students, although, you know, awareness has been more prevalent now. Students are happy to have a therapist they're like oh right. this is my therapist you know they're excited to say that right and so even though that's happened though you know i think the past decade we've seen an increase there is still so much stigma around i mean i have seniors who are wanting to go to the military or somewhere else and they're like well if i'm on this medication i can't enlist i can't do this so there's still so many things that yeah. carry shame for uh, these students and making sure people know that help is out there like we want to know if you have an issue that you need support with because we all do at some point here are the resources you are not alone we're all struggling in some area of our lives and it's okay so spreading the awareness of what resources are available helping people understand this does not mean you're crazy i hear that so often oh this person is crazy no this you know developmentally what does that mean for kids and adults it's biological what's happening genetically like there's so many environmental things and i think people just don't know right and so just making sure that they have the education information to be supportive to know where the resources are and to support their family members or friends if they need to do that yeah yeah and so i would just really piggyback off what dr richardson is saying i think really what i would hope for with this month is just an awareness of just being open, opening that door mm-hmm. to these conversations, right? So let's just talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. Not making decisions, not go to a certain checking out therapy and all that, but let's just talk about what is mental health? What is good mental health? Mm-hmm. And so we have gotten, there's more encouragement for students, mm-hmm. right? And so I think though that I would just encourage any adults that are listening that this also would apply to you as well, mm-hmm. right? And so our students are going through so much, but like, you know, I talked to Miss Tanner, she's the mental health facilitator and my wonderful teammate, and she talks to me about staff and she just tells me, you know, there's so much that they're going through as well as adults. And so I know we'll probably talk more about this as we continue the conversation, but how things have been different this year and what are some really amazing opportunities that we have since the pandemic mm-hmm. with mental health. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think if nothing else that we could start really thinking about putting ourselves in other people's shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Being kind and listening, right? Let's just start doing those simple things mm-hmm. and you just don't know what people are going through. And so I would just encourage you if you're listening to this that you would reach out and check on somebody that Mm -hmm. you love and care about. Mm -hmm. So, Yes, I definitely agree with both ladies. And for me, when I think about mental health awareness, uh, we've been talking a lot as a team about moving from awareness to action. And then Mm -hmm. I say then to access. And so um, I'm so encouraged. And Ailey, I think we do have a more 
heightened awareness of mental health maybe than in other districts. And I think that's uh, a testament of these ladies and Ms. Tanner and all the work that's done boost on the ground. We're making sure that our families understand there is support here. We do a lot of community work with our family engagement. We do. We have a on Thursday. I'll do my shameless plug now. Um, <laughs> on Thursday, um, the 19th, we're having a community viewing of a documentary called Like. Mm-hmm. And we did it last year with one called Angst About Anxiety. But Like really talks about social media and how that can affect the entire family and the mental health and that equilibrium that can be disturbed and how mm-hmm. that affects it. We also are trying to include our students because we feel like if we're going to promote awareness, it has to be multi-tiered. So we need the students to understand. We need the, the superintendents, the board, mm-hmm. everyone to understand the parents. And so for our students, we partnered with um, HEB is one of our partners and they gave us, they donated $25,000 in scholarship money for oh, our wow. students. Mm-hmm. And we were able to uh, give it to juniors because usually all the like scholarship money goes to our seniors and we love that but we were thinking through this process we wanted to do it for juniors because what it is we want them to come up with a mental health campaign that they feel would assist mental health on their campus that they could help implement their senior year so we awarded to juniors so that they'll be here next year to implement and we are uh, going to be doing a scholarship presentation tour on Thursday morning to go and present these young people their um, scholarships and then that oh, evening wow. we'll all get together at 6 p.m. Central Time <laughs> to uh, hopefully view a light and then Ms. Tanner and Ms. Frista and myself will do a, a panel afterwards to answer any questions and just kind of make sure they have resources. So for me when I think of mental health awareness it is the awareness but also what's the action behind it, what are the mm-hmm. resources and then make sure we have the access and I know as we talk about staff staff again I always have to talk about our employee assistant program our EAP program that access there because it's one thing to say oh we get it we understand but then what are you giving me in terms of resources so I think I'm so encouraged about ALEAF because we kind of put our money where our mm-hmm. mouth is a lot of time in terms of that and our staff understand that there are resources our families understand this resources the students understand and when I tell you even though I know Dr. Richardson was saying that she's not a part of A-Leaf, she is. Everyone knows Dr. Richardson. Everyone knows yeah, whether, Destiny. Whether she wants to be Everyone, or not, she is. I mean, oh, I am, and I love I wear <laughs> with the badge of honor. Yes. We have 10 clinics around the city. Um, Greater Houston, and yes. I'm always bragging. Oh, I, Aleph always takes care of me. I never have to fight for a room. Everybody's helpful. I've yes. always felt That's great. the love and support in this district. So, and yes. even with our, our principals and our campuses, I know when Miss Tanner, Miss Fristo uh, first came, we didn't have you know room in the administrative building. I was like, okay, where can we house them? And I think the first principal I called up, they were like, for mental health, sure, she can. We'll find a space for them. <laughs> and so, um, and then we also have a new partnership, so where Dr. Richardson's clinic is located next to um, Crossroads. HEB again has partnered with us and given us uh, a donation to expand our services in what we're calling the care center. Mm-hmm. And the care is counseling, academics, of course, relationships and enrichment. And really it's going to be where all of our mental health staff can be housed, where we can have family events, where we can have education and seminars all in one place. And so the principal there has agreed to allow us to use a space in Crossroads. So we're looking forward to getting that up and running in 22-23. So um, when we have an event, it can be at a central location. So Crossroads and Care Center coming uh, hopefully soon. Nice. Mm-hmm. Dr. Can I, I wanted to um, just say I love the junior council thing that you all are doing because so often we're the, I'm sorry, once we, not we're at intervention, right? So once yes. things have happened, they're like calling us. It's yeah. already here on the mountain. Yeah. 
so often the prevention piece is missed. And so what you all are doing to allow these juniors for this to be their senior project, for them to be peer counselors or whatever it is, like them being able, because kids will talk to each other before they they get to us. So if they're able to intervene early and say, hey, let's make posters in the bathroom when people know where to call or, you know, be kind, just really having some type Mm of um, awareness for each other. I think that's going to be so powerful so that maybe, you know, it doesn't get to us, that they're able to kind of help each other and support one another. That is awesome that you put that money there because I think it's going to make a big difference for the campuses. And the students take the ownership. That's what I was just Mm -hmm. thinking too. You mentioned earlier, I mean, it's gone from something that was very stigmatized to something not everyone, but more and more people are becoming more accepting. And like you said, yeah. it's almost like they're bragging about oh, yeah. their therapist, or it's a status symbol that mm-hmm. that, I'm, uh, that I have a that I have a therapist or someone I speak to. Uh, you mentioned Destiny. You mentioned that uh, particularly the last couple of years with with what we've all gone through. And before we started recording this, I I made a comment. I said I I hope that people don't think that. All of the issues that you guys are talking about right now and all the people that do what you do every single day, particularly with adolescents and, and adults, mm-hmm. I hope they don't think it just started on mm-hmm. March the 12th, 2020, you know, when COVID yeah. made its made its entrance. And because we had these issues well before then. Yes. You know, whether it's lack of attention to it or less and less people acknowledging it and asking for the help. They just kind of walked around and, mm-hmm. and dealt with it in their own way. Could you compare, I don't know if it's a fair question, but is there a way to, to think back prior to COVID and what we were noticing? We just didn't have access to mm-hmm. help people versus where yeah. where we are now, particularly particularly with adults. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in, in kind of the, from the, from the teachers and the adults. Yeah, well, I can, so I, since I spend so much time with the students, I can just share a little bit of yeah. it on that. And then maybe Dr. Baldwin, Dr. Richardson can share about the adults. Cause I know they still work a lot sometimes too with their private practices as well. Right. But for the students, so basically you're absolutely right, Mr. Chambers, we've had these mental health challenges before COVID. <laughs> what happened though, is that so the, let me go back. The big ones that we have dealt with this year, and Dr. Richardson, if you see something else too that's like really big, just let me know and chime in. Mm-hmm. But the big ones were grief, depression, and anxiety, mm-hmm. right? So almost every student I meet either has some sort of depression symptoms or anxiety, and a lot of them, they're related to grief, right? Because we did have um, a lot of loss during COVID, but we've had these things before, mm-hmm. right? What happened though is that issues were there in 2019, 2018, as far back as you can remember. Mm -hmm. But now we have national attention Mm -hmm. and this lens, this light bulb got turned on. And the money. Yep. And the the money is there. And so now, and so it's like, we've always needed mental health Mm -hmm. and um, the numbers have increased. That's, and it is somewhat related to COVID, Mm -hmm. but it's not just because we had this, disease. We had this illness going on in our community. It was because of this ripple effect that took yeah. place, right? Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, what, so why, right? School is their safe haven. Mm-hmm. Schools have always been a safe haven for families, mm-hmm. not just students, but families. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, that's where they go to get meals. It's mm-hmm. where they go to get clothing. Um, and then now that we're implementing things like mental health, it's where they go when their kids are having difficulties and challenges and they say, please help 
me, please. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what to do with my child. Yeah. And so we help navigate that. And school counselors have always been so amazing and just all of the responsibilities that they have too. And so, you know, they, they're, unfortunately they can't give as much time to individual counseling. And so that's why they have like me and Dr. Richardson. Mm-hmm. But I just think that there has always been this light and this lens. Well, there hasn't always been this light and lens. That's what mm-hmm. happened in 20, this, these last two years. Yeah. And what we've seen, yes, it was prevalent long before. I mean, I've been doing this 15 years and I've always worked with adolescents and they've always struggled with depression, anxiety. Yeah. All this stuff is not new. As you were talking about, they're stuck at home. And so they don't have access to the normal coping mechanisms right. that they were using. If they're playing sports or they're going to hang out with their friends. or So you've had a year and a half to bottle all of these things up. Right. And then I come back to school and now I'm free, but now everything is, you know, hitting me. And so we're seeing spike in suicide ideation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hospitals are, I mean, people are waiting weeks to get a bed in a psych hospital. So they're being boarded in emergency rooms. And so, and this is across the nation, but mm-hmm. definitely happening in Texas too. So resources are scarce. I mean, kids who are I think the number had the numbers doubled in the past year and a half of emergency room visits for suicide ideation. Fifty. Okay. I looked at self harm. Fifty percent of females twelve to seventeen years of age. Mm-hmm. It has increased by fifty percent mm-hmm. of emergency room visits for mm-hmm. suicide attempts. And these are the ones that make it to the emergency room. I've had students that say, "Oh yeah, I, I took these pills and went to sleep, and I was okay. I woke up and threw up." You know, so they aren't going well, to the emergency room. I mean, I've been in education a long time. But I'm going to ask a question. I think a lot of people that maybe listen to this would would ask. Now, if you've raised children and they're adults now, they've moved off perhaps in your in your own back of your mind, you know the answer to this question. But uh, I'm curious for for some people, what are what are students more anxious about that would lead to some a severe a severe sense of anxiety, for example? I mean, what what are we seeing that's making them so anxious? And I'm going to follow up with, if, if you don't mind, just kind of react to to my comment. Is it their home life and their family or lack of home life or lack of family? Life? Is it that that's driving it, driving some children so, so far to the edge that, that, that at a, a young age, they feel like there's nothing to live for. There's my, I don't see a light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. Is it that or or do we think it's more of. They've lost the ability to cope because they have been cooped up mm-hmm. for a couple of years. I'm just, this anxiousness in, in 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 the youth is an interesting thing to me. It's, it is, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you want to answer that. If it's a, if I think there was a question in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, as we're getting ready to prepare for this social media event. Our students have so much access to mm-hmm. what they perceive as others' lives. And so it's this thing to where when you're home, back when we were at home, it was you and your family. You may see your friends sometimes. You may go to mm-hmm. church and see your friend. But it's pretty much you saw your family and you were content pretty much with yeah. what you saw and what you had. You didn't know any better, right? You didn't know any better. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. now with our students, they see these images and we keep saying it, but it's so true. And all the research supports them. They see these people who have put their best foot forward and mm-hmm. they photoshop things mm-hmm. a thousand times and they mm-hmm. pick the exact angle and it's all this research on people take hundreds and hundreds of photos to just post one mm-hmm. photo yeah. but by the time you see it and you feel like wow they have this and they have that and then you start comparing it to your own life so a lot of our students mm-hmm. have become so anxious uh, just feeling inadequate mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do with that now your parents are not going to be able to go out and magically get some more resources because you say I want to do this I want to do that mm-hmm. but it's some of that there and I think it's been underlooked people have talked about it 
here and there. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that we have a more robust conversation on the 19th about it because it is a huge, huge concern mm-hmm. with our students. And of course, academics. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of times you have those kids on the other spectrum that are so high mm-hmm. and they want to get in the best college and they have to be number one. They have mm-hmm. to do this and yeah. they only want to take these certain classes and if they don't get in, I mean, I was sort of one of those kids to a little bit. If I had an A minus, <laughs> I would be sad for a few days. Um, I didn't have that problem. <laughs> and so, but it's just as, um, just gotten so much more competitive. Mm-hmm. So wherever you're looking at, people are posting this, how many scholarship, you know, we're, yeah. we're doing the same thing. How mm-hmm. many scholarship dollars are you mm-hmm. getting in? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of different Pressure. reasons for it. But the academic rigor and all of that, those things have been here. So that's why I want to start with social media. That's one of the things that you're asking about mm-hmm. the difference in generation that mm-hmm. I have seen that has uh, increased it because now you see so much more. Uh, they're doing this, they're doing that. I don't uh, body shaming and all mm-hmm. of this, you know, eating and diet. You see so many things and our girls and our boys, they're mm-hmm. seeing things and they're trying to compare them things to an unrealistic image yeah. that's there mm-hmm. and they feel like they don't measure up. So mm-hmm. then they're trying to either not eat so they can be thinner or they're trying to overdo mm-hmm. this and overdo that mm-hmm. and they're trying to measure up to something that's unattainable really mm-hmm. and so or that something that doesn't exist right. or it doesn't exist exactly it's, it, does, it's, it's, yeah. it does not exist so I know um that is what I, even back when I was in private practice, but definitely now, mm-hmm. I see a lot of that. And when you start talking to students, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. If it is a family issue, a lot of it is just because our family is not able to do this and they're comparing themselves to others. And sometimes, of course, it's the family dynamics. Mm-hmm. But the family dynamic, that part hasn't changed. What I have seen really increased anxiety in kids is them comparing themselves to unrealistic mm-hmm. or non existing realities. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just uh, social media has been huge. Um, You know, we, social media is a wonderful thing in my opinion. And when it's properly utilized, but what's happened is just that we've oftentimes, we've given these youth this platform of connected, you know, connecting and Mm -hmm. um, they are not sure how to navigate that appropriately. And mm-hmm. so just kind of we've there's been a lot of research on, you know, social media and so mm-hmm. forth and how addicting it is. And so it's just, I think, really important to look at how it's increasing anxiety. But the other things I wanted to just highlight briefly mm-hmm. that I have noticed when I work with students. So one is that I feel like there's this huge academic gap. Right. They were at home and we know that there are students who had no school at all that whole year. Right. So now they have to come back to school Mm -hmm. and just like they have the academic pressure to do well and go off to school and be high achievers. They're also, you know, just coming back to school and getting back in that routine and just the expectation of that. A lot of my students have social anxiety. Mm -hmm. Right. They cannot be in a classroom Mm -hmm. with other students. Mm -hmm. And so we have just seen that just really increase and intensify. And so just working with them to, you know, see what supports and resources we can put in place. Mm -hmm. But social anxiety has been through the roof. And I think, you know, when we talk about anxiety, it's not just students that are dealing with this anxiety. Our adults are dealing with it. I will say I have anxiety. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that I deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think too, the other thing is just identifying that it's more than just being like anxiety. Some people think it's nervousness. I have a big test or I have to run a big race or it's more than that. And sometimes anxiety can be crippling Mm -hmm. to keep students and adults from just doing daily routine functioning. And that's kind of how we define what Mm -hmm. good mental health is. Mm -hmm. Are they able to do those daily routines and those daily functions? But that's just some of the the main ones. I I think, like Dr. Baldwin said, I think the family stuff has always been there. Mm -hmm. I think, of course, you had more conflict 
because right. of the pandemic, mm-hmm. because people lost jobs, because people lost loved ones. Some people are losing loved ones back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. But I definitely have seen something change, right? In the sense that just being away from school, we're not supposed to be isolated. We're human, right? right? We're supposed right. to be connected. Right. And so that just really, I think, changed a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot of people are struggling with the interpersonal interactions. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so how do I learn how to be a friend again? Like, I haven't seen my yeah. friends in person in a long time. And so then I come here and maybe the friendships have changed. Yep. Maybe we're not cool anymore. Maybe, right. Right. you know, y'all are the cool girls and I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so just navigating that social peace and it may not even be you know clinically social anxiety but just what does friendships and relationships look like and that's been an adjustment for a lot of kids coming back into the world after we've been isolated for so long and so when we talk about like the impact of social media one of the cool interventions that I like to do with students is I I go through like their Instagram page with them and say what kind of people are you following because this can be used for our benefit, right? right? So we want to make sure if we are struggling with anxiety, are there pages that I can follow that, you know, right. give me daily motivations that will help me manage mm-hmm. some of this anxiety? How do I have healthy relationships? And so teaching them how to use the platform for their benefit, not necessarily to compare themselves, themselves and it becomes this self-worth battle. I enjoy seeing them go through that so that they can learn to navigate it for themselves. Yeah. And to that um, point also about the social anxiety, I think what also it does is is increasing students wanting to be in that social media space because they don't want to have to mm-hmm. interact. So they feel comfortable being behind a screen. And then we got mm-hmm. cyberbullying and all of that increase. Yeah. So it's like one of these things that keep going to where you have to kind of coach students to be able to be social again. And we mm-hmm. talk about SEL and I would say, you know, that S is social. So mm-hmm. we're made, as you guys were saying, to be social beings and our students are just getting further, further away from that sometimes. And so it's a collective things of talking to parents and saying, hey, how if he or she's locked up in their room for hours on end, you know, check on that, get them involved into the family unit and mm-hmm. have some conversation. I think sometimes parents are sometimes comfortable because they don't really want to know right. what to say. So they're like, hey, he's fine. He's good. Uh-huh. I don't want to uh, kind of bother him or her. Right. But we know it's so important to get them out and being social and doing things together so the pandemic definitely impacted that because families were forced to sort of work and Mm -hmm. live together and try to create that balance and it was difficult and now the students are back to school it is a shift in them because they probably were in their rooms behind their cameras and now it's kind of like okay you have to be class you have to be Mm -hmm. in social you have to learn how to be kind again you have to Mm -hmm. learn how to interact with others that's Mm -hmm. not in your family so definitely I think a lot of that leads to that anxiety Mm -hmm. tells you how fragile not our existence, but how fragile things are. We take the ability to gather in a school away yes, and look at what is a relatively short period of time mm-hmm. in someone's life. It's been a year, year and a half, two years. And then look at the the fallout. I, I don't know. Just it's a, it's a mind-boggling thing that we, we're all having to address. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things I try to do when we have these podcasts is because uh, 99.9% of them are talking about education-related things that – if you're not in the business of education, you don't know it because you don't see it. You, you may see it through your child. Your, if you have a child that's in school, you may see it through their lens or through mm-hmm. their eyes. Or if you're married to someone or you have a friend or a family mm-hmm. member, that, this idea of trying to boil the topic down to here's what's really happening. This is this is beyond the media, beyond the right. news, beyond this is what's really, really happening. Mm-hmm. And what's really, really happening is, is we have kids who are struggling. Yes. Yes, we've always had kids that struggled. We all, four of us, were yes. adults. We all probably struggled at some point over whatever the case is. Yeah. But the struggles now have become very keenly sharper. There, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and the, they last longer. And they mm-hmm. last longer. The, the, the stakes seem to have been 
gotten higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the feedback I've gotten from the school counselor that I work with. You know, I check in and I, t- and I talk to them because I feel like their mental health is so important and they're working so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be like, how's it going? And they're like, oh, I'm so tired or, you know, and they're pushing along. They've got a smile on their face. But, I mean, they always say, what is going on this year, Ms. Fristow? Like, well, this is just a crazy <laughs> year. Is it always like this? Right. And the answer is that no, <laughs> it's not. This mm-hmm. has kind of been a year on steroids. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. All of the situations that we have seen have been just like intensified to the hundredth degree. Mm-hmm. And so, and what is interesting too is that we're talking about it. Our kids are talking about it. And so it's getting, it's got national attention. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that has really opened this idea that, oh, we never talked about mental health before. We did, Mm -hmm. but not to the extent that we are now. And and we need to be. Absolutely. Some people, particularly old school folks, come from the position of, well, they just need to Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. suck it up, Mm -hmm. get through it. Mm -hmm. Or it's the softening of of a generation of people Mm -hmm. where we... All we want to do is talk about feelings or all we want to do. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yes, right? Yeah. That's a real thing. It's, yes. a, it's a real. And there are times I catch myself mm-hmm. saying, okay, just, I'm not going to say what I think, but just, uh-huh. just, let's just suck it up and get through this and we'll, we'll deal with the. And but, so building resiliency in, in our kids. Yeah. And, you know, you think about the difference, even, you know, my generation and my mom, it's like, okay, I knew this mountain was coming. I'm going to go climb this mountain. It may be hard, but I'm going to do it. A lot of our kids are like, uh, I see this mountain. I'm going to avoid it. Like, I don't want to go to the mountain. So we have to teach them, like, the mountains are coming. You need to go through it. And on the other side of it, you'll still be okay. And then there'll be another mountain. And so teaching them the skills to have this kind of tenacity and grit to get through the tough times. There will be hard. You can do it. You can do hard things. And so I think when we talk about the softening of this generation Mm -hmm. is that people may call it helicopter parenting or whatever. Like, we have sheltered our kids from a lot of things that our parents were able to just let us do and so kids haven't had to fall as much so they haven't learned the skills to really bounce back as quickly as we normally would and so we have to give them chances to fail and figure it out and teach them the skills to bounce back and I think that's where the prevention comes from we're catching these kids in elementary school because if you know you can attest to this probably the high school kids wanted to get there. When we meet with them, they're saying, oh, yeah, I first started feeling depressed in sixth grade. Oh, yeah, I used to mm-hmm. cut in seventh grade. Oh, yeah. You know, so these things are happening in middle school, that early adolescence. We got to catch them pre-K, kindergarten, yep. and teach them the resiliency skills so that when it happens, I can deal with it or I know how to access the care to make sure I don't yep. jump off the mountain and I'm out. React to this real quick. So going back to your mountain mm-hmm. analogy, some people may tend to believe that all of the attention given to this and it's almost to the point where we're giving or making excuses for someone to not climb the mountain. Mm -hmm. Does anyone have a fear that over a period of time that we're almost giving, whether it's an adult or a student, we're making excuses for them to not climb the mountain? Or no, because of your situation, that mountain's too tall. Or because of your situation, that mountain is too steep. That's another one of those things out there. And I want people to understand what the reality on the ground is versus what people's perceptions may be based on the way things were when they were young Mm -hmm. or they were in school. 
I know over the weekend I was um, doing some research and one of the things to Dr. Richardson part that I read was that we have created or recreating a generation of students who are afraid to take risk. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time because of that anxiety, they're so anxious over so many things. It's like, well, I don't want to try afraid that. To I don't fail, do that. Right? They're afraid to fail. Yeah. And so I think that's the reality. So I don't think we can look at what created the reality, but I think now we have mm-hmm. to meet the reality where it is and say, okay, what can we do collectively? And I talk about the raw we, what can we do mm-hmm. to, first of all, bring awareness to this. This is where this generation is or this is where we all are. And even with adults, a lot of times, see a lot of people not returning to the workforce. They're exactly. they're just like, they are they're, they don't want to um, put themselves in that position to have to go through that stress or what have you if they don't absolutely have to. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to meet the reality where it is and then say, okay, what can we put into place? What I know Dr. Richardson brought up, that resiliency piece. And just talking to kids, having these real conversations, students will tell you what's on their mind. You know mm-hmm. that because I know you, you be with <laughs> students a lot. And so they will tell you by saying guys you're going to have obstacles that's part of life and it's okay and you know and I know I know one of the campuses that I've gone to I know a lot of our campuses do a great job with this but I know one of our middle schools I believe they have so many posters from different people that's talking about resiliency and that you never you know take the first step you, mm-hmm. you know until you you know, you never can go until you take the first step. I think a lot of these things are lost on our students because mm-hmm. they see the people who they feel like achieved, but mm-hmm. they don't know what it took to get there. Mm-hmm. So I think having some of these critical conversations and I'll tell students, pick one person that you feel is successful. Who is that person? And then maybe to tell you, tell them that, you know, that person had to go through a lot mm-hmm. of things before right. they get to whatever mm-hmm. level of success you think that they have That's attained. The instant gratification they want. They That's what they yeah. want, you know? right? Yeah. And I know we talked about before um, about a lot of our however people think about it, celebrities or whatever, that now they're coming out talking about mental health Correct. with Simone Biles and, mm-hmm. you know, our, uh, different people like that that are coming out. And I think that is very helpful because kids see them as like, oh, this is a person that's achieved and they Agreed. made it, which is true. Mm-hmm. But for them to be able to say, you know, even though I excel in this area, I still struggle in this area. Right. Mm-hmm. So then students don't see that that's a dichotomy. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, since I have anxiety, I can't be great. Mm-hmm. No, you can. Mm-hmm. This is there's some of the tools that you can use to be great. You can continue to be great as you're climbing that mountain and right. these are some tools to use. So right. I think that the conversation is going in the right direction. So I don't know if it is the mental health support, I don't believe is creating it for sure. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that we need to take the research that we have gained and that we're gaining and use that as we move the conversation forward. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is that, I mean, if you think about it, it doesn't matter what can, you know, if it's a physical ailment or a mental ailment, you can always create an excuse, right, <laughs> for why I can't do this thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, sometimes when I, uh, a while back when I used to be pregnant, they used to say, oh, just tell them you're pregnant and get out of that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Did it work? Sometimes it does, right? So I'm just saying that it doesn't matter what it is, but what we need to look at, I would just challenge any of this old school mentality Mm -hmm. and thinking. So we live in a society where we're taught don't feel right mm-hmm. you're upset you don't if someone says how's your day you don't go well I just dropped you know all the milk from H-E-B in the cart and I, you know my baby won't quit cry you know just all this stuff right you don't you don't share and some of it yes right. of course you're not going to share all your private stuff right. but I think that we need to just be open to saying like look I feel I'm human you're supposed to feel you're a human. Mm-hmm. And you know what makes us better humans is that we feel this hard stuff, mm-hmm. that pain, that sorrow. And it is hard, but we are together in this. We are connected. And that is why we have these programs like this to help you walk through this stuff so that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. But the other thing, too, that I would say is that so you think about old generation and new generation. 
right? So it is different. The kids are dealing with different things. Mm-hmm. School was simple. You know, like not mm-hmm. to say that, it, I mean, you, it was hard. There were things that were hard and you, we had family problems and stuff. But like, I mean, I'm not that young, but mm-hmm. like I didn't have a cell phone until I was 18 years old. Right? Oh my God. How'd you survive? <laughs> <laughs> how'd you, how'd you survive? So, and, and I just, we, you know, you made it work. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that I didn't have social media and Facebook and all that until I was in college. And I could think a little bit more about what's going on. But like the complexities that our kids are dealing with, it's so different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sometimes they go, well, I'm not sure I can do this. Right. And that's when you have all of these wonderful people in our district, right. all of these leaders that say, you know what? Yes, you can. Let me walk you through it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it together. Gather, mm-hmm. right? Let's teach them, just like Dr. Ball and Dr. Richardson are saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. I think things are different. And so I would encourage anyone who thinks that kids are making excuses and, you know, those things to come. Why don't you come hang out in one of our classrooms yeah. for a little bit? Yeah. Come walk with Dr. Richardson and I and see <laughs> yeah. some of these issues and, and let's just let's just talk about it. let's have an open conversation with no judgment. Yeah. Right. I think that's a that's a, a message that we have on a lot of different fronts in, in, mm-hmm. in education is just take a look before you start yeah. judging or before you start coming to conclusions. There's yeah. there's a lot of issues on the table right now that I'd say just come in, just follow me around for wow. 30 minutes, mm-hmm. 30 minutes, and you'll you'll get an answer to your question. Yeah. And when we know better, we do better. Right? Of course. So yeah. we have to meet these kids where they are and provide mm-hmm. them the right support that they need in this generation of time. And so it's, you think about a parents who have – I have twin girls – and I can't do the same. They both need different things. So if I have to do different things with these two who have the same DNA makeup, <laughs> imagine the work we have to do, how diverse our strategies have to be, our approaches have to be with these kids across the district. Oh, goodness. And <laughs> so people don't want to take the time to figure that part out. That takes a lot of work to figure out yeah. what does each individual kid need, whether it's the RTI or SEL. Well, how mm-hmm. are we approaching this? And so we have to be. It has to be a multifaceted system. Like, we can't just one yeah, system. You throw, yeah, you throw, two, you throw 22, 23 kids in a classroom and ask a teacher oh to figure out how each one of them <laughs> learns, what makes them tick. Yes, it's so mm-hmm. hard. Write a lesson plan for each one of them yes. and then execute it. Yes, mm-hmm. it's so, and they're doing, like, I could talk about teachers oh, all I day. Know, I know. <laughs> but they are doing so much oh, hard work. Yeah. Are, and then you combine mental health issues now mm-hmm. and what they're having here. And so you had talked about before how she was talking about the vicarious trauma mm-hmm. and just that, that second hand, what they're kind of, these kids are coming to them mm-hmm. and they're not exactly sure, like, how to navigate that. And mm-hmm. then the other thing is, too, is that, a lot of our staff are dealing with their own yes. mental health and mm-hmm. so it triggers them mm-hmm. and they have transference, mm-hmm. which is where they kind of, they can, they're like, Oh, I'm kind of like, you know, this student, I can relate. I mm-hmm. went through this too, or I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, or I'm projecting my own yeah. stuff onto yeah. so you know, that's, the kids. In the all that together has just been a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but a much needed conversation. Well, it is. And it's, it, as Dr. Baldwin knows, we've, you could spend hours mm-hmm. and hours talking about yeah, this yeah. and not even getting to the heart of the problems and, mm-hmm. and heart of the issues. This, like I said to begin with, this was more, this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. Yeah. So let's bring some attention to it. But let's talk about, and I hope people that were watching or listening to this got a sense of, what you are dealing with every day, you know, right. what mm-hmm. what the adults who are literally working with these kids and with these staff members every single day. Mm-hmm. Alva, before we 
sign off. Is there anything you want to leave the, the audience with? And Yes. First of all, I want to make sure we take the time to appreciate our school counselors mm-hmm. um, because they really are just dynamic and wanting to make sure they support our students. And I'm glad for the last couple of years in terms of the awareness that has come because before, and again, talking about old school, I know we talked before, they were sometimes seen as, okay, those the people who are going to do your schedule and the mm-hmm. people going to do that, but they are trained to support mental health mm-hmm. with and without, you know, our mental health team. They're, they're trained to support those students and they've done it, but they've not already had the time and understanding to do it. So I just want, everyone in our audience to know that in 85s, the our school counselors are equipped to support your students mm-hmm. um, with their mental health. They do a dynamic job. That's We're nice. just trying to work toward them having the time to do that. And I'm so encouraged. I know with Senate Bill 179, that's a, a, a Texas problem that, mm-hmm. you know, we have to dedicate time for counselors to do what they are trained and paid to do and support our students in that. So that's one thing. The other thing is that when I talk about mental health, I really like to shift the conversation to overall health. Because it is, because there's so much research showing that if you have trouble with mental health issues, of course, it affects your body. Mm-hmm. It creates ulcers and, mm-hmm. and all these yeah. other type of physical manifestations. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're not a proponent, so to speak, of mental health, just see it as your overall health. Mm-hmm. It all works together. Mm-hmm. And so I think as we continue to promote the conversation of mental health awareness, yes, it's mental health awareness, but it's health awareness mm-hmm. because it's all going to affect the way that you function and how your body is able to maintain over time. The body and the brain are one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are. Well, you so, got to you got to go get your car. Got to get the oil change in your car. Yeah. <laughs> got to get the tires rotated, right? Yeah. Same thing with your body. You got to right. go get it checked up every once in mm-hmm. a while. And, yeah. and get it, and so, oh, I'm sorry. No, no. I was just, only thing I was going to say, too, that sometimes people don't realize, but academic success, or mental health is directly related Absolutely. to academic success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I, you're, you're exactly right. If you... If you wanted a desired outcome, there's certain inputs yeah. you have to put in in order to get that outcome. Mm-hmm. And right. You're exactly right. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say I know school is ending and um, families may not know about our clinic services um, and you think about physical health and mental health. Um, our clinic is open year-round, so when kids are out for summer, please bring them for their well-child exams, their immunization, sports physicals. Um, all of those things are um, no cost to families. If you don't have insurance, wonderful. If you have um, Medicaid or CHIP or any, we don't bill for any co-pays or anything like that. So students have access to care all summer long. Dental van comes in once, I think, this summer in the quarter. Dietitian services. So families, I mean, if parents... Um, can't bring them. Kids can walk as long as we have the paperwork on file. So our nurse practitioner, Heather, is wonderful and she loves working with this population. She's there. We have a dietitian that comes once a week. Use the access to the care. We <laughs> yeah. It's there for you all. Call the clinic and get your care this summer. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. Uh, Thank you. I want everyone to know there is our, there are opportunities out there. If you have something going on in your head and you can't figure it out, just reach out. If, you, if you're a staff member, someone on your campus can direct you in the right place. Mm-hmm. If you're a parent listening to this and you, you're concerned about your children, reach out to your parent's school. Uh, ask for the counselor. Just share with them in confidence what, what you're thinking, what you're seeing, what you're observing, and let us help you. Let, it, let us help you. We've, we've got resources here in addition to these three great ladies. With that, I'm going to sign off. This has been Impact Ed. Thank you guys for joining us. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Y'all take care. Mm-hmm.